and a very warm welcome to you wherever you are. This is the new live program on Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Monica Kamokwa. Very glad that you are tuned in. Our first segment today will be on family life. And Pastor Kigundu will be joining us to talk about rules for resolving conflicts. Later on, Sister Becky will join us during the Bible segment to talk about the good warfare. But before we do that, Faith for Today Quartet comes to us with a song, Lo, He Comes. Sit tight and enjoy. Lo, He comes with clouds descending, once for favored sinners slain. Countless angels Him attending, swell the triumph of His train. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus comes and comes to shall now behold him robed in dreadful majesty. Those who sat at naught and sold him pierced and nailed him to the tree. Deeply wailing, deeply wailing shall the true Messiah see. Dear listener, that was Law He Comes by Faith for Today Quartet. Remember, you're listening to the new live program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. And now on Family Life, Pastor Kigundu joins us with more on rules for resolving conflicts. Stay tuned. Dear listener, we want to welcome you again to our Abundant Life series, a series based on John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
And when we talk about this fullness of life, we believe it encompasses the area of marriage. And today, I want us to look at the topic called Rules for Resolving Conflict. Rules, rules, dear listener, everywhere there seem to be rules. There are rules for the road. Now, imagine driving a car without no rules set up ahead of time so that people don't continuously, sorry, imagine driving an, a car with no rules set up ahead of time so that people don't crash into each other. There are, of course, rules of the land. Imagine a country or a city or a village where there are no rules or laws, where everyone can decide how they want to conduct themselves and anything goes. You know, it may sound ideal until somebody decides to cause problems. There are even rules in our homes. Imagine living in a home where anything goes as to the way everybody conducts themselves. What potential chaos! Rules can protect us from ourselves and our natural inclination to do that which will cause the destruction of a family or a marriage. But why do we hesitate to put rules and guidelines into place to help us slow our tempers down so we resolve conflicts in healthier ways, ways that reflect God's heart? After all, we are told in the Bible in Ephesians 4, verse 30 to 32, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You have to know that God's heart is grieving when you fight with each other in ways that are so divisive and ungodly. Let alone the horrible testimony that is being lived out as the world looks on. As Jesus said in John 13 verse 34, 34 sorry, as Jesus said in John 13 verse 34 to 35, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We urge you to please make it your mission today to do all you can to learn how to resolve your conflicts in healthy ways. Put together whatever rules and guidelines you can to help. Tape them on the refrigerator, on a mirror, on a wall, or wherever, until they are ingrained in the way you treat each other when you work out your conflicts with each other. To help you in this quest, below you'll find several guidelines for resolving conflicts which you can glean through and compose your own list of guidelines, rules, or commandments for resolving conflicts in your home. So now I want us to look at the guidelines for resolving conflicts. One guideline is discuss the conflict as soon as possible. The old proverb, time heals all wounds, does not apply to conflicts in marriage. But the modern day saying, timing is everything does. When an irritating issue is unresolved, it builds emotional distance between you and your spouse. 
and just like a splinter the issue gets under your skin and continues to fester until it is dealt with. There is an article written by somebody called Simon Pressland from the article How to Fight Fair. He says, When your spouse's behavior bothers you, make a decision to confront your mate as soon as possible. If the issue needs your undivided attention, choose a time when no one else is around, even if you have to ask for a few minutes alone together. Guideline number two. Take it private and keep it private. Dr. Phil Magro, in his talk How to Fight Fair, says, Fighting in front of your children is nothing short of child abuse. It can and will scar them emotionally, all because you don't have the self-control to contain yourself until you can talk privately. Rule or guideline number three. Again by Simon Pressland. Avoid personal insults or character assassination. Attacking your mate's character is the best way to make an enemy for life, says Pastor Luke. To avoid this, it is important to see the issue as a problem and not your spouse. This is how God deals with us. He tells us of his infinite acceptance, yet, yet sorry, he tells us of his infinite acceptance, yet confronts us on issues that do not line up with his word. So stay focused on the issue at hand. This will help you remain objective and express your thoughts clearly without alienating your spouse through personal attacks. Remind the people to slander no one, to be peaceable, and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. That is uh, Paul's writing to Titus in Titus 3 verse 2. Galatians 5 verse 15, Paul's adds, If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. The other guideline, sometimes it's best to take a time out. Agree ahead of time to allow a temporary timeout if either of you becomes too angry to continue. That is what Matt Dehan in his article Rules for Fair Fighting says. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 verse 32, Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than the one who takes the city. And Proverbs 29 verse 11 says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. The other guideline is, keep it relevant. Dr. Phil says, don't bring up old grudges or so, sorry, don't bring up old grudges or so points when they don't belong in a particular argument. In many marriages, confronting an issue is a gunpowder that ignites World War III. Defenses, keep, defenses kick in, accusations fly, and by the time the smoke has cleared, spouses have bombed each other with everything that has happened since the day they were married. So Simon Pressland says, when you decide to face an issue, don't allow yourself or your mate to drag in past hearts. Deal with one issue at a time. 
make a rule between yourselves that if neither is willing to discuss a sore point as soon as it happens, then the issue cannot be used as ammunition for future fights. The other guideline is build relationship bridges, not walls. The goal of any disagreement should be to understand each other's feelings and strive towards an amicable compromise. With that goal in mind, let's consider sorry sorry. With that goal in mind, below are tactics that we need to avoid. Dragging others into the argument. For example, where you say, Well, my mom says. Number two, giving the silent treatment. Number three, yelling and crying to get your way. Number four, spewing destructive criticism. Number five, using sarcasm. Number six, issuing threats and ultimatums. Number seven, getting defensive. Number eight, using buzzwords like always, never, hate, and divorce. Number nine, expecting him or her to read your mind. The other guideline is confront to heal, not to win. <clears throat> Sorry. Some people view conflict and confrontation as a win-lose situation. These pauses see being right as far more important than the marital relationship. But working out a hateful, sorry, but working out a hateful issue is not about who is right and who is wrong. Your goal should be not to win, but to confront a conflict and restore the harmony in your relationship. Simon Pressland says, whenever possible, the solution to a problem should benefit both parties. When both partners Sorry, when both spouses feel good about a resolution, it will re-establish the emotional bond between the two of you. Confronting to heal instead of to win will keep your marriage on healthy grounds. And so, dear listener, I want to leave you with the following biblical verses. Romans 14 verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do that which leads, sorry, let us, sorry, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. James 1 verse 19 to 20. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 3. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And finally, Philippians 1 verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a mother Sorry, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Dear listener, this is our prayer for how we all conduct ourselves in our marriages. 
those of you who are just joining us, this is the new live program with me, Monica Kamoko. Coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. If you wish to drop your views, comments, or questions about the show, you can do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Now for some song, here is Precious Lord, Take My Hand by Faith for Today Quartet. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, help me stand. I am My dear listener, thank you for staying tuned. Right about now, Sister Becky Arunga joins us for the Bible segment. She'll be talking about the good warfare. Be blessed. How beautiful it is to be in the presence of God, just to behold his marvelous nature and to see his creative and redemptive power. Surely this is only possible as often as we rely and continually lean on the everlasting arms of God. I invite you, beloved, that you may join me together as we explore and move along this path just to know exactly what the Lord is speaking unto us. I appeal especially to the young people in this particular discourse as we see the letter that Paul is writing to young Timothy, exhorting him and encouraging him to forge on and continue in the things that he had learned at the feet of his mother and grandmother. I am your sister in the Lord, Becky Arunga. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we exalt and glorify your holy name for your loving kindness and for that which you have done unto us. Indeed, if it were not for you, Lord, you would have been consumed. But your tender mercies have provided us an opportunity to study your word of truth. Now, dear Lord, I pray that throughout this session you may be with us and implant in our hearts the joy of full salvation, even as we look in joyful hope for your soon return. Abide with us and give us utmost concentration till we come to a close in Jesus' name. Amen. So, oh my dear beloved, I invite us to the study of God's word. A day by day we are encompassed by several things, but one thing that remains of a certain is that we all need to make choices that God has given us the moral freedom to be able to make choices regarding what we really want to do with our lives. And so day by day, young or old, male or female, child or adult, we all must make decisions that will highly determine the stage or, the, or, or position that our life on earth is going to take. And so in this regard, I, I invite us to study one particular aspect that Paul is bringing to Timothy and encouraging him to continue in no other doctrine but the doctrine of Christ and him crucified. And so I would love us to study the book 
of First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18 and see exactly what is there that uh, Paul is writing to young Timothy. And Paul says, "This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare." having faith and a good conscience which some have rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck i repeat this charge i commit to you son timothy according to the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you may wage the good warfare having faith and a good conscience which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck essentially paul is trying to bring timothy to the fact that he ought to fight a good fight he ought to live according to the standard given unto him previously spoken of in prophecies not necessarily that there was one particular prophecy regarding Timothy but the bible is replete with so many prophecies and messages regarding they that decide to follow god and if you in your life has made a choice and has decided to follow jesus then certain prophecies follow you essentially as peter puts it that you are a chosen generation a holy nation a royal priesthood called forth by god to show forth his praises out of darkness into marvelous light so to mean that what Paul is writing to Timothy is writing to us in this time and age yet again and is saying that he commits to us this particular day this particular instance according to the prophecies previously made that we may wage the good warfare beloved we are in a state of great controversy where as some in the time of crisis may ask a convenient question as to how popular is it when sought with a decision to make some may rely on popularity others may rely on necessity but god is looking for a person who would ask is it right to venture upon this course of action is it right to do this which we are supposed to do and that is what god is as essentially of us all and so i beseech you beloved of god by the mercies of god that he has willfully bestowed upon us if there be anything that we need to do at this hour at this juncture in this closing hours of this world history god desires that we do this one thing that we may wage the good warfare How are we able to wage the good warfare? It takes having faith and a good conscience. Faith and a good conscience. Having a good conscience means we are able to discern between good and evil. We are able to know when we have acted contrary to God's will. We are able to know when we have fallen short of the glory of God. It is through our conscience that God speaks to us and enables us to understand that which he requires of us day by day. And so beloved, if there be any one thing that I may put before us, that I may desire us to learn something of utmost consideration, it would be this one. Wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered a shipwreck i don't know how it has been in your life 
But if perchance you have forsook those things that God has given unto you, now is the time for you to rise up. Now is the time for you to begin. Now is the time for you to wake up from your slumber and proceed in doing the good works of faith that God has blessed you with. How I pray, beloved of God, that while the Lord is calling on others, he may not pass you by. How I pray, my beloved, that you may take and seize this opportunity to look upon the things eternal, to meditate upon the goodness of God, to genuinely and earnestly seek him who has ensured that you live this life worthy of the higher calling of faith. And so when we fail to forge ahead and wage the warfare, what conversely happens is that we suffer a shipwreck and the devil gets an opportunity to be with us. The devil gets an opportunity to attack us and that is not something that is good. And so I beseech us all, take charge, be with God, Serve him and he will direct your path. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe even as you purpose to do this one thing. Let us pray. Thank you, O Lord, for your loving kindness. Thank you, dear Jesus, for your promises in our lives. Now, dear Lord, I pray that you may lift your countenance upon us, teach us your word of truth and guide us along the path of life everlasting. To this end, I pray, believing and trusting in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much for finding time to be with us. I pray that may the Lord bless you, keep you safe, and lift his countenance upon you. Till we meet again, goodbye. Thank you, dear listener, for staying tuned throughout the show. It is always a pleasure to have you with us. Don't forget to send us your views, suggestions, or questions about the show through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awr.nairobi until we meet right here, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa. Stay blessed. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, help me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am
my call, hold my hand lest I fall, precious Lord, take my Descending, once for favored sinners slain. Countless angels, him attending, swell the triumph of his train. Alleluia, alleluia, Jesus comes and comes to. Shall now behold him robed in dreadful majesty. Those who sat at naught and sold him, pierced and nailed him to the tree.